This is an encore presentation from Veritas Radio. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Veritas. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Force has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I think it's time to open the books on the question of government investigations of UFOs. Uh, we ought to do it really because it's right. We ought to do it because the American people, quite frankly, can handle the truth. And we ought to do it because it's the law. Be skeptical. Do be as skeptical as you want, but by all, don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of the Veritas Show, where you listen because you don't want to believe, you listen because you want to know. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for tuning in once again. A special welcome to you, our new listener. If this is your first time, make yourself at home, and welcome to the Veritas family. Tonight's special guest is none other than John Lear, who lives on the moon and many other fascinating topics. Now to some news. I found a piece of interesting news, too long to read, but it's now posted on our blog with the title Moon Base Photo, set seen by top security Air Force veteran. A very appropriate article since we'll be discussing the moon a lot tonight and what could possibly be up there. And since today is Friday the 13th, I thought I'd share with you some interesting data. Friday the 13th makes those of you who believe in luck a bit nervous. And today is only the first of three Friday the 13ths this year. Mathematician Thomas Fernsler says, quote, I know more than probably anybody really wants to know about the number 13. Unquote. For instance, a year like 2009, with a triple set of Fridays falling on the 13th, typically only comes around every 11 years. Also, the 13th day of the month is more likely to fall on a Friday than any other day of the week. Those who share the phobia about 13 have a connection with some prominent historical figures. Napoleon, Herbert Hoover, 
and Franklin Daniel Roosevelt all feared it. Frenchler thinks this is normal. Quote, if you're not superstitious, maybe you should be. 87% of all the people in the world are superstitious about something. The other 13% are liars. Unquote. Here are some reasons why. The first person to die in a car accident was killed in New York City on September the 13th, 1899. The British Navy built a ship named Friday the 13th. On its maiden voyage, the vessel left the dock on a Friday the 13th and was never heard from again. The ill-fated Apollo 13 launched at 1313 Central Standard Time on April the 11th, 1970. The sum of the date digits is 13. The explosion that crippled the spacecraft occurred on April the 13th. Quarterback Dan Marino wore number 13 throughout his career with the Miami Dolphins. Marino is said to be the best quarterback who never won a Super Bowl. Butch Cassidy was born on Friday, April 13, 1866, and Fidel Castro was born on Friday, August 13, 1926. Very interesting, isn't it? Let's take a quick break, and when we return, our special guest, John Lear, joins us. Who lives on the moon? and many other topics. You will hear things on this interview you have never heard before. So buckle up and get ready for a great ride with this speed record-breaking pilot and fascinating man. You really don't want to miss this. Don't go anywhere. John Lear, 66, retired airline captain and former CIA contract pilot with over 19,000 hours of flight time, over 11,000 in command of three or four engine jet transports, has flown over 100 different types of aircraft in 60 different countries around the world. He retired in 2001 after more than 40 years of flying. Son of Lear jet inventor Bill Lear, John holds more FAA Airman certificates than any other FAA certified airman. John flew secret missions for the CIA in Southeast Asia, Eastern Europe, the Middle East, and Africa between 1967 and 1983. During the last 17 years of his career, John worked for several passenger and cargo airlines as captain, Czech airman, and instructor. He was certified by the FAA as a North Atlantic Navigation Czech Airman. He has extensive experience as command pilot and instructor in the Boeing 707, Douglas DC-8, and Lockheed L-1011. John held 17 world records, including speed around the world in a Learjet Model 24, set in 1966, and was presented the PATCO, Professional Air Traffic Controllers Association Award, for outstanding airmanship in 1968. He's a senior vice commander of the China Post 1, the American Legion's Post for Soldiers of Fortune, a 25-year member of the Special Operations Association and member 
of pilots for 911truth.org. What an impressive resume. No doubt this is going to be a classic and fascinating show. Hello, Mr. Lear, and welcome to the Veritas Show. How are you? Hi, Mel. Just fine, and uh, thanks for inviting me back. John, for the few in the audience who may not be aware of your background, I'd like you to spend a few moments sharing with us some of your courageous efforts, adventures, and anecdotes from your days in Southeast Asia. Can you share with us some of that part of your life? Uh, yeah, I went to, uh, I uh, started to work for a contract pilot uh, for the CIA in 1967, and uh, what we were doing was uh, faring uh, O2As and O2Bs, which were the Cessna push-pull airplane, which were used as forward air control. And in those days, they had uh, they needed the aircraft so quickly they didn't have any number one any boats to put them on, uh, and it would take too long to get there. So they just uh, formed a group, a cover company, and uh, hired a bunch of us, and we flew them over there. I, I uh, did that for uh, <clears throat> on and off for uh, four years, and I took ten airplanes over. We'd uh, we go over the route. Um, we'd leave Wichita, Kansas, where they were uh, built, and make one stop on our way to uh, Hamilton Air Force Base there in uh, San Francisco. Then we'd go to uh, Hickam Air Force Base in uh, uh, Honolulu, and uh, from there to Midway Island, and from there to Wake. From there to Guam to the uh, SAC base there, which was called uh, Anderson Air Force Base. The other runway is uh, Aganya, and that's the uh, big Navy there. And then from there, we'd go over to uh, uh, Clark Air Force Base in the Philippines. And uh, and from there, in country, we land uh, at Nha Trang, about halfway up the coast there uh, to the DMZ. <clears throat> and we'd uh, pack up some of the stuff we were going to take back. Now, we didn't take back the tanks the extra ferry tanks, but we did take back the pumps and the HF radio and the life rafts. And we hitched a ride down to Saigon, and uh, we had a commercial ticket back. We'd always go through uh, Hong Kong to get a little R&R, but we had to stay in Saigon for uh, three days under house arrest. And the reason was is because there was no customs uh, and immigration in Nha Trang, and uh, we weren't, uh, uh, we didn't carry military ID because we were CIA. So uh, they put us under arrest, kept us there for uh, three days, and then let us take an airline out and come back and pick up another one. And that was really enjoyable. Um, that was, see, then in 1972, I went to Cambodia to fly um, uh, <clears throat> um, Convair 440s. They were ex-Finair. Finair is an um, airline in uh, Scandinavia. <clears throat> and these were... Um, Convair 440s. They had. Uh, they were in an immaculate condition. They had the old CB. Not. I mean the old. They had the great CB17 engine, and we had uh, 115, 145 uh, fuel over there, so we could use water injection and uh, could, could get. I think we uh, could uh, pull as far, much as uh, 63 inches of power. And now, John, the, was that during your time with Continental Air Services? No, after uh, Cambodia, I went up to uh, Laos and uh, uh, flew for Continental Air Services, and uh, I flew the uh, the Twin Otter and the C-46, and uh, it was great. It was great time. I, I, I really, it was exciting times. I flew 560 missions. Half of those were combat missions, and um, <clears throat> it was uh, it, it was very interesting. And for the listeners, Continental Air Services Inc., known as CASI 
was formed in 1965 by Continental Airlines when the government suggested a less visible air transport alternative to the CIA-associated Air America. Can you tell us about the courageous and fierce Hmong tribesmen in Laos and their bravery and loyalty to their U.S. allies? Yeah, the bravery and loyalty. We were we supported them. Uh, General Vang Pao um, was their leader, and the CIA supported them uh, until uh, finally we lost. I think it, uh, the last flight was made in 1975, and a bunch of the Hmong uh, have uh, settlements all over the United States. I recently went to one. Um, I used to fly with a pilot named Dave Kuba. And uh, and I, he was with me when we got shot down in a twin otter in uh, Central Laos, and uh, he came to live in Las Vegas after you know he retired, and and uh, they had he was there so long in Vinchin that the Hmong gave him a uh, formal burial ceremony, and it was very very touching. It lasted about two or three hours. It was a very ceremonial, uh, had cer- ceremonial dancing and. Uh, um, and um, uh, speeches. It, it was it was really nice. That was about John, uh, a year ago. Were you ever wounded, or did you come close to being shut down? No, we we got shot down. What happened is we were running into a uh, we were delivering ammo, and what we do is <clears throat> because uh, we're working in such close quarters there that um, uh, flying a twin otter, we had six loads of ammo, and we'd fly real low over the troops that we were dropping to, uh, and and the kicker was the guy working in the back, and he'd push it out, and we had what they called G7 parachutes, and they'd open instantaneously to, um, uh, to um, uh, uh, reduce the impact. And uh, what happened is uh, uh, either Dave didn't hear because he was flying, uh, or we missed the call, but for whatever, we were supposed to turn sharp left after the drop, and we waited just a little bit too long, and they hosed us down with AK-47, which hit a fuel line in the strut, which um, which uh, uh, shot the engine out. And so we headed back to, um, uh, we were working out of a place called Lima uh, Site uh, 69, Bang Ding, uh, not Bang Ding, um, can't remember the name of it. And uh, on our way back, uh, <clears throat> there was a huge, as uh, the, you know, the cargo door is open in the Twin Otter. It's always open. Uh, it's just a hole in the airplane. And what happened is where it shot the, the fuel, the fuel was uh, pumping out of the strut. And because of the wind flow, it was pumping into the cabin. So I wanted to call Cricket. And the Cricket is the, the airplanes in the um, um the search of the uh, airplanes that worked uh, <clears throat> at uh, high altitude and took all the communications. And if anything went wrong, you'd call up uh, Cricket and say, Cricket, uh, uh, this is uh, Papa Golf Victor. Uh, we've been hit, and we're headed to uh, Lima 1-6. And uh, for all any of you guys that have flown in Southeast Asia, you'll always remember the Cricket would come on and say, this is Cricket on guard with an airstrike warning to all aircraft. Avoid the areas, Tango Gulf, uniform. Uh, Sierra from the time 0700 to 0800. This is Cricket on Guard out. And uh, anyway, we were very fortunate. We managed to make it. Uh, I had the option there of calling Cricket, but uh, I just wondered if I pressed that microphone button since it was so much fuel and foam or uh, fuel and fumes coming through the air. Spark. 
I thought it might spark it, but uh, right. I held the microphone real close and uh, and just gave him a message, and we made it. John, in hindsight, what was your opinion of that war and how it was pursued? Uh, with hindsight? Yes. Yeah, well, with hindsight, you know, the uh, the war in Southeast Asia was uh, for the express purposes of the uh, the propagation, cultivation, and and um, uh, and sale of uh, heroin drugs, yeah. heroin and, and poppies. The same reason we took over um, Afghanistan. Uh, the, all that war was about was securing the Hindu Kush in the northeast part of uh, Afghanistan. That's the only reason we're there. Uh, the the fact about Taliban and uh, and Al Qaeda being terrorists, there's not a shred of truth to that. Uh, if you want my opinion, the only terrorists there are, uh, are Israelis. Israelis acting as Taliban and Al Qaeda. But anyway, the uh, <clears throat> poppy uh, output in uh, 2001 was, uh, according to um, uh, New York Times, in 2001 was uh, I think 14 percent. And then, according to them, in 2007, September, it had risen to 94%, which is it has now. So the reason that's so important is the, the secret government, that's where they get their cash from. That's why they don't have to go to Congress and say, hey, we'd like some money. Here's why we need it. They don't have to mess with Congress. They just uh, cultivate, uh, distribute, uh, and sell the illegal drugs themselves. And, and when you think about it, it's not such a bad deal. I mean, they do it in conjunction with uh, military intelligence. Six, which is the the CIA equivalent over over in England, and uh, you know when you look at it from a practical standpoint of view, you don't want some guy like Doctor No or some mafia guy handle those trillions and trillions of dollars. You'd rather have your own guys being the bad guy, right? That's exactly right. You eliminate your competition, create a monopoly, and you control the price. <laughs> yeah, and then they have the you know the. Uh, every once in a while, they'll have a staged, uh, a staged bust, you know, where they'll bust several hundred pounds. And uh, I think there was a funny deal here just lately. A, a G1, I mean, a G2 or something crashed in Bolivia or, or, or even the United States, I think, with a full load, you know, of four or five uh, tons of uh, cocaine. And everybody was trying to deny it. But it was pretty hard to do because it was a U.S. registered airplane. Nobody went to jail, you know, that kind of thing. You probably heard Catherine Austin Fitz. She's a financial expert. She says the drug war is the most efficient war we've ever fought because we keep the prices up and we control the competition. That's what wars are about. Exactly. Have you revisited that area where you spent so many days and lost so many friends? Uh, in Southeast Asia? Yes. No, but Dave Kuba did. And Dave was my... My good buddy, uh, who passed away here a year ago, and we had a uh, Laotian uh, burial ceremony, and he went back and he brought back some videos, and they're really good. Uh, you know, good videos of the uh, plane of jars, uh, which we used to refer to as the PDJ, and there's these ceremonial jars that uh, are up to 10 feet in height, and they're gigantic stone jars, and nobody knows who made them or how they made them. And he got to go to a couple places. The only place they couldn't go was Long Chin, and that was the super secret CIA base that uh, we had our main operations out of. Uh, Dave did get to have a quick glance as they flew over it on the way back to Vinchin from, uh, uh, from the airport that they were at, but that's all he got. 
I get an email. By the way, John, we are heard by people in 90 countries. And one U.S. historian who lives there in Vietnam now emailed me to let me know that he's been studying the medieval Vietnamese tribes, and they believe in inter- interdimensional beings, even until this point. Do you yeah. believe in that, too? Oh, yeah. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.